What's up, everyone? It is our first of two shows tonight here on the Air Raid Attack podcast. But first, let's talk some XFL football. The week that was of week two in the XFL presented by XFL Fan Zone. It's for real fans, real football, real fun. Check XFL Fan Zone out at xflfanzone.net and follow them on Twitter, XFL Fan Zone. And here's what we do know. And what we do know is the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's get to the ugly. I thought there's a lot of good. I didn't see so much of bad besides um, the Tennessee Vipers, a team that was second in command to win the XFL championship behind Dallas this year, has yet to score an offensive touchdown um, behind Aaron Murray as quarterback. But, again, we don't. They sit there in Tampa Bay. You know, there's no quarterback controversy and we'll get to that here in a bit, but you know Tyler Cornelius, Taylor Cornelius, my bad. Um, again, I thought it was pretty good out there uh, yesterday. Um, now, granted, depends on how you want to look at it. Um, Cornelius didn't play well, I should say. I don't think he played great. Uh, good, he played horrible. Um, Aaron Murray, once he gets healthy. Um, I think will help rejuvenate this Vipers offense that has failed to score a touchdown um, in the first two games of the season. Um, Quentin Flowers, who technically is supposed to be a running back, is at quarterback at times. Um, the South Florida kid, I remember him um, pretty well down there. But uh, I think once um, once Murray gets gets healthy. He's going to be by far the best quarterback that's on that roster for for um, for um, Tampa Bay. But you know, again, uh, Cornelius can't get in the end zone. Flowers can't get in the end zone. Um, they failed again to to score an offensive touchdown. Um, but we'll get to that here in a bit. But the the ugly and it, it's written all over the, over week two is Matt McGloin. The quarterback um, uh, with the Guardians of New York. <sighs> not a good performance at all. Uh, first half really looked bad. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he was benched right before half. Uh, Markel Williams, I believe, came in in, in the replacement. He did decent. You got to give a lot of credit to D.C. Defenders defense. Um they really came to play, Cardell Jones and company. Uh, we did see our first double pass, double forward pass of the of the season, which I thought that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I, I I don't expect McLaurin to be back out there anytime soon. I haven't heard anything new of him, but we'll see. Um, I would say what Matt McLaurin did was immature. He threw his coaching um, staff under the bus right before halftime when he threw the interception, of course, in the XFL. Practically, when you throw an interception or anything happens, they go run to you and they go interview. And so, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Matt McLaurin. I think his days are probably numbered in New York. To say the least, uh, of course, New York's coming off of a, of a 27 to nothing loss um, to DC. But um, 
We'll see. Um, what they decided to go, who we, they decided to go with in week number, uh, in three. Um, he just might have been one of those things where, um, fresh, you know, all the way around. DC was putting pressure on him. I'm getting to him early. Um, so again, a lot of frustration with his at the end of the day. Um, Matt McGloin showed his true colors, and we'll see what, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we'll see what. What um, New York does in week three against St. Louis. But I think Matt McGloin will. I think he'll be back in starting position. And uh, But again, he could face the same same scenario. St. Louis is coming um, off a disappointing loss. A heartbreaker to Houston. But, you know, St. Louis played extremely well. You know, of course, uh, upsetting Dallas in week one. Taking uh, Houston the nail biter towards the end, so I mean St. Louis is going to give Matt McGloin um, all he can handle. Of course, this is I believe St. Louis's first home game of the season, and so we know that the dome is going to be rocking. Um, so we'll see how he overcomes with adversity uh, heading into Week Three, but uh, we'll see. Now, in regards to here are what I here's my theory of week two, my input of week two, uh, P.J. Walker, the quarterback with the Roughnecks, um, clear, at this point, clear, clear-cut favorite to win the MVP. Um, he threw three touchdowns, all of them in which was to Camp Phillips. He ran for a, um, for a one-point conversion and uh, against St. Louis. And on top of that, remember, back against Dallas, in Dallas, uh, he threw for four touchdowns. Um, so, again, we'll see. Um, PJ, and not against Dallas. It was, um, you know, I don't know. Who did they play? Oh, L.A. Thank you. L.A. Um, I don't know why I thought Dallas for a second. But anyway, so we're... Um, P.J. Walker, um, by four, um, we clear-cut, clear-cut, and so we'll see what what he does with the regular season, and hope, you know, it's still early to talk playoffs, but, um, you never know, Walker may be getting a call, uh, to the NFL camp here come, um, June, July-ish, and, uh, we'll see. Now, just remember, and, and keep an eye opener, is Walker played at Temple. Temple at the time was Matt Rule's head coach. Matt Rule was the head coach at Temple when P.J. Walker uh, was a quarterback there and the all-time winningest Temple quarterback, by the way. Now in which Matt Rule, who came from Baylor after he left Temple, went to Baylor, did pretty well for what the, what the disaster he had to fill in. With what happened down there with Baylor and Art Bryles at the head coach. Uh, he's a new quarterback. He's a new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So again, that is something to keep an eye on. As we head into training camp. As we head into camp uh, here in the next few months. So, <clears throat> uh, we'll see uh, what happens with that. But um, my uh, defensive team of the week, I thought, was the Defenders. And they definitely lived up to the name. 
Um, as, as I mentioned here in a few moments ago, they got to Matt McGloin multiple times. Um, they were relentless in shutting down New York's running game. They were relentless putting all kinds of pressure on McGloin. Uh, six tackles for a loss, three sacks, um, an interception. I believe they even recovered a fumble. Um, Anthony Johnson, the edge rusher for the defenders, um, who was traded to D.C. from L.A. practically 24 hours before kickoff. Um, he had two tackles for a loss, and I think he even had um, a, a sack and a half, which, you know, people wonder, well, how you can't get a, a sack and a half. Well, it's, you get a, a sack is one, and then if you help get a sack, then you guys split it. And so, but anyway, nonetheless, um, I think Jonathan will become a every down player once he gets more into the system, what DC wants to do um, moving forward. Um, one I thought was interesting, uh, and I don't know, but I give my game ball. He didn't have a big, big game. You know, he didn't score, but Eli Rogers. If you guys know, if you guys watched the DC game um, against New York on Saturday, uh, Eli Rogers, uh, the wide receiver of the Defenders, um, his mother passed away last week, and uh, his her funeral was on Saturday at the same time, or roughly the same time that the Defenders and the Guardians kicked off, and. And so, um, he elected to play Saturday. I don't know if... I never did catch as to why that was his decision, but it was. Um, he only had, like I said, he only had five catches, 49 yards, but I, I would personally give the game ball to him just because he played with such a heavy heart and knowing that, you know, I'm sure his mother was looking down and, and very proud of him. But uh, my prayers go out to him and his family um, during this time. Uh, let's t- keep on talking about DC. You know, I was kind of harsh on called it Cardell Jones in Week One. I wasn't very impressed with them. Um, a little better performance against a. If if this defense would have showed up the defense that was in Week One that New York had, it could have been an interesting story. But Cardell Jones throwing for two seventy to six two touchdowns in uh, Saturday's win. Um, I liked what he did. You know, he, he kept the chains moving, um, kept the, you know, he saw the audibles, called them when needed, read the defensive schemes. Overall, he, he was great. Um, for being as big as he is, I think he's like two, 260, 250, something like that. Uh, he's very mobile for a big quarterback, um, you know, like Big Ben. Um, that comes to mind, you know, as... Not so much mobile, but you know, he can run if need be. Now remember, um, it's going to be interesting with the eight games remaining. You know, Cardell Jones only started 11 at Ohio State the same year that they won the national championship. Um, then he went on the NFL, really didn't do anything. But um, we'll see what he does with the eight games. Assume they make it into the playoffs. Um, if he gets another shot at the NFL. Um, if not, he may, I know he'll probably come back for week, uh, season two, 
and um, and uh, go from there. But we'll see. Um, Tampa Bay. Tampa, Tampa Bay. And I had them score. I had them winning against LA, um, or um, against Seattle. My bad, Seattle. Now give credit to Seattle. Seattle had over twenty nine thousand people. That is insane. Um, XFL record is probably gonna be. Uh, I don't. Besides Dallas, besides Houston, maybe a few others. I, I in New York, obviously, but I don't see anybody breaking that record this year. Um, again, Tampa Bay struggling to score offensively. Taylor Cornelius played horrible. The backup quarterback, Quentin Flowers, who's um, on the roster of running back, a South Florida product, is in that quarterback. He wasn't very... He got a few snaps. Um, he threw a pick, I know that, off of the screen. But uh, I think once Murray gets healthy... They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, Seattle, though, offensively, wasn't very productive either. They weren't an offensive juggernaut. Um, Brandon Silvers um, struggled. I know our buddy of mine, he texted me saying he struggled some. No, he struggled majority. Um, but again, at the same time, you just can't put the blame all on him. Um, you have, uh, I believe Seattle started the game with three injured on the offensive line. Um, once he gets a solidified offensive line, he should be fine. Uh, I did like the throw he did on 68 uh, yard touchdown pass, but again, um, we'll see how Silvers does. If he continues to struggle, we'll see if, if Seattle tries to make a change or not. Um, but I think they'll be fine. Uh, this is going to be my bad. I guess I guess you can say this is a bad. And this is a bad. The Los Angeles Wildcats defense is pretty bad. Um, you know, last uh, they allowed 37 points to Houston in the season opener. Um, L.A. coach Winton, um, Winston Moss uh, fired the defensive coordinator, Pepper Johnson, or Pepper Johnson, right after, uh, practically the day after the, on Monday, fired him. Uh, Moss decided to take over the position for the time being. Well, Dallas uh, exposed L.A. again. Dallas racked up 25 points, and now don't get me wrong. It was practically a first-half defensive battle. Second half is when Dallas ran the ball. And we'll get to Dallas here in a second. But Dallas racked up over 400 yards on of total offense. That is insane. Now, remind you, Oklahoma uh, averages probably 400-something yards offensively in the first half in college. But at the same time, Dallas got going really in the second half. It was a great first half for L.A., uh, if you want to kept, be kept in the game. 
but Bob Stoops and uh, Hal Mum and uh, Landry, you know, of course Landry Jones is starting quarterback. They, I thought they had a great game plan. Got Cameron Artis Payne involved in the running ground, which is the air raid. <clears throat> which, if you when you have an air raid attack offense um, like Dallas, you don't run the ball so much. But um, <clears throat> we'll see what that shows. But we'll definitely know that uh, that what we do know is in Wildcats defense right now. Um, there is no fix, no quick fix. Um, they're zero and two now, and if they continue this trend, they're going to lose the control of their of their season. And last but not least, my renegades. Um, how Mom was of course happy. He he was extremely happy the way the offensive schemed uh, played. Uh, Landry Jones over complete about seventy percent of his passes. Uh, 305 yards uh, passing. Um, Dallas did rush for 158 uh, yards. 99 of them was um, Cameron Artis Payne off of 14 carries. And if Dallas can continue to run like that with the air raid attack, they have to air with Landry Jones. This team's going to be even more dangerous than what we um, what we extended for. During uh, right before the season, so again, um, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> Jordan Tamum uh, is a stud. The quarterback from St. Louis continues, continues. I think he racked up on DraftKings like 30, 31 points, fantasy points, and so. He continues to make his his make his um, presence known. Um, Houston survives against St. Louis. And that was an excellent. I I actually watched that game. It was an excellent game. Um, game. Houston really in the fourth quarter and throughout the game really relied on their offense. Um, Houston's fourth quarter interception really was what the deal breaker was and what notched them. Their second win of the season. Uh, Cam Phillips, seven, um, seven of seven catches. He was targeted eight um, for fifty-four. Of course, <clears throat> um, PJ Walker continues to be a uh, MVP season. Uh, Jordan Tamu is almost, I'm sure, right on the heels of, of Walker in regards to. To the MVP, throwing for 284, three touchdowns. He rushed for one score and he for 32, but the interception in the fourth quarter, um, late down in the fourth, was the was the deal breaker. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, when you have the two turnovers that St. Louis did, you can't cough them up against a really, really, really good Houston team, and. Uh, We'll see what uh, St. Louis, how they bounce back next week. Um, like we said, moments ago, Dallas and L.A. was tied at three at halftime. Um, really, it was a struggling first half for both teams offensively. Um, both teams combined five turnovers. Um, 
Josh Johnson connected twice, I believe, to um, oh boy, to uh, Nelson Spruce. He, who I think might have finished week two, um, as a league leaders with um, rushing receiving yards um, of a hundred. I think 192, 93. Um, Artis Payne, of course, um, for scored the first two touchdowns of Dallas' history. Um, almost close, similar, 21 and 17 yards out. But the, the, the total offensive yards is outrageous. 444 to 251. Rushing was no better for L.A. It was 154 nearly to 57. Um... L.A. has a lot to, they just got a lot to work on. Um, I, I don't know what L, um, L.A.'s answers is. Um, they're going to struggle, I mean, they're going to have their hands full again week three when they, when they play host to D.C. And we'll see what happens. Um, Seattle, recapping Seattle. Uh, another great game, 29,172 were in attendance, um, 17-9 win. Um, I mean, that atmosphere, I mean, XFL football is selling. Um, it's it, it's golden right now. And I know that they're talking expansion. I know Philadelphia registered. Now, whether or not they get a team, we'll see here in the next few weeks or so, or Later on, as we head into the 2021 season, um, so on and so forth. But um, last but not least, the ugly, going back to Matt McGloin. Three turnovers, third down efficiency 9% for the Guardians, and 137 total yards. Of offensive, I mean, that's just, wow. Um, we'll see. We'll see what New York does. They got a tough task against St. Louis, uh, L.A., I mean, L.A. Uh, D.C. gets to hit the road for the first time this season. We'll see how they do on the, on the road against a struggling defensively team in L.A. Um... We'll see. Uh, we'll see exactly what LA does. Um, but of course, don't forget to download the XFL app and also um, download, and I have it on my phone, but download the Play XFL. You can win if you get three scores of the exact same. Three, you predict, you predict three games. And their final scores. If you are successful at that, you win five hundred thousand. But I don't know if anybody's, if anybody has won that. I don't really know. T- chances of that, will I'm sure it's not much. Anyway, let's finish off the show here. Uh, week three matchups: Houston goes to Tampa Bay, Dallas goes to Seattle. Both of those games are on Saturday. Uh, Houston at Tampa Bay um, on ABC at one o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock on Fox is Dallas at Seattle. And then on Sunday, we got New York going to St. Louis. Kickoff at 2 on ESPN. And then on Nightcap, 
on Fox Sports 1 at 5 is DC and Los Angeles. So again, week 2 is in the books. Um, exciting one. XFL fans are enjoying this. I think the XFL has for the so far so good. I think two back-to-back great um great successful um great successful weeks and uh we'll see exactly um what uh what happens in week three but again um this is the xfl and uh football is growing in america but again spring football has also failed in america and uh we'll see exactly what week three brings us about so again, it's been great. It's another week down in the books. And uh, as always, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to week two of the week that was the XFL. Presented by XFL Fan Zone for real fans, real football, real fun. Check them out at XFLFanZone.net. And follow them on Twitter at XFLFanZone today. And we will be back here next Monday recapping week number three and also previewing, previewing, potentially previewing on Saturday. But until then, guys, let's get week three started and good night.